Welcome to Small Business Sisters, where two sisters who started their own separate businesses come together to share all things business growth and personal growth. Every week, they will share practical business tips that they have learned along their journey and share their individual perspectives. So grab a drink and join the sisterhood as we discuss all things womanhood, motherhood, and small business. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Small Business Sisters. Today, we are going to talk about how to create a workshop. So maybe you make a product that you could teach someone else to do, or maybe you have a skill that you want to impart that knowledge to others. And this is just another creative way you can create income out of the things that you have already learned and invested in yourself that then people might also be excited about learning themselves. So we're going to talk about our two perspectives of how we have done workshops and what's worked and what hasn't and the steps we do to do that. So at Wildflower, um, one of our main pieces of our business is we host craft workshops. And we've done that since opening. We've done flower arranging, cookie decorating, macrame, sign workshops, uh, leather making, sewing classes. uh, I'm forgetting some. Bath salts. There's just been so many. And so the only workshops that I see happen are in-person workshops. But my social media workshop, while I do it in person at Wildflower, I also do it online. So we'll kind of, you'll as we go through, you'll be able to decide for your personal product, which would be better. Um, and then we'll talk about revamping it as well. So the first step you want to think about is what could I teach? Do you have a, a skill that you really enjoy that you find really easy? Um, because I think for Jenny and I, we were hesitant at first to do a candle workshop and a sewing workshop because to us it's just a second nature thing at this point um, where you think someone is not going to pay to learn this craft. But what we both, what we both have learned is that it's not that people do want to, to learn and will invest to learn something new. Yeah. And not only that, but there are even steps in my process that, the first time I did my poor party workshops, I assumed like, oh, this is going to be so easy. I'll just, I'm just going to use a literal example of, I say, put the sticker, uh, the Wix sticker on and stick it in the bottom of the jar. And to me, like that feels just second nature, but it's not like you have to remember people aren't doing this day in and day out. And so you need to explain like, well, why does it have to go in the center of the jar? And what do you mean it's two-sided sticker? What is a wick? Like things yeah. like that, that you you um, you might think like, oh my gosh, my product is so simple. I can't teach a class on this. When really mm-hmm. once you like break down all the steps and teach people, walk them through it the first time, it, it does add up to like a, a full our workshop or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so the other thing to ask, so once you figure out what you want to teach, um, you'll ask, will it end in just like, is it a knowledge workshop where they're just gaining knowledge or are they going to make something with it? So for instance, my sewing class, it could just be a sewing class where they learn how to do all of the things with the sewing machine. But I also offer um, our very last day of the sewing class, we do a project. So whether it be an envelope clutch or a pocket tee or you know, a a pillow, whatever it is, I do offer a product as well. But my social media class, it's really just the knowledge piece. 
And sometimes like you might be thinking like, oh, I make, I don't know, I crochet. But one of my friends, her like expertise is actually, she actually doesn't teach what she does. She is um, a minimalist. So she teaches people how to be minimalist, which kind of interacts with her product a little bit. Um, But that's, again, a knowledge-based workshop where she's giving people the tools to then implement a service, I guess, in their life. Yeah. And you might have, so my product is really more of the workshop. Yes, you're learning how to make a candle, but the experience of like, it's customizable. You're creating your own scent. You and especially with scent, everybody has such diverse tastes. So it is something um, unique that they're getting by they're able to mix like a, in a scientist lab, like mix all the oils that they want to create their like fully customizable scent to what they want it to be. So you might have a product like that where uh, it's similar to people ordering custom from you, but they actually get to design it and do it. So that adds another element that's available in a workshop versus you just making it for them. I know that you call them poor parties, but I'm really liking the candle lab. The candle lab is so great. I actually, yeah, okay, I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I have to tell you something about that. <laughs> okay. At, ooh, everybody's so curious now. Um, okay, so after you decide, like, okay, this is what I'm going to teach. This is, it's going to kind of in general look like this. Then you are going to write a description. And the reason why I suggest writing a description is one, you're, it, there's going to come a time where you have to promote it. And what better way than to have a description? But two, I think when you're writing out the description, kind of like Jenny said, where you're actually seeing like, oh, this is an experience. This is like a big deal. This is all that they're leaving with. Um, It'll help you price it out. Yeah, I struggled with pricing um, candle workshops. Christina knows like especially like you have to decide what you're doing is this a make and take where they just come and spend like five minutes with you is Mm -hmm. this a full class where you're teaching Mm -hmm. is this what is customizable like what are they uh, Mm -hmm. paying for and for me like I really landed on the customized scent that is like something you're not going to get by just coming and shopping my shelves Mm -hmm. we also as we price workshops at wildflower specifically my sewing camp and some of the other ones that have been really high demand so we have some workshops that it just depends on the day of the week but some of them it doesn't matter what day of the week it is people really want to do that one and so you also have to consider the demand um of for instance my sewing class um filled up really quickly and so this year i knew to do it a little bit more only because the people who signed up were going to be serious about it. They weren't going to no-show. Like there were certain things. Uh, my sewing camp is for kids, so you can price it a little bit more because it's you're you're watching somebody's kid as well as doing the. the That's true. <laughs> um, but anyways, I like you can always change your price. Always, like you can try it one time, and if it seems too high or too low, you can always adjust as as you need to too. But I would write down what it includes, and why would someone want to take it? Because that's going to help you when you when it does come to marketing for it. Yeah, you're going to just cast the vision. I think we've talked about this like in the social media episodes. Like you're creating this scenario that they can imagine themselves in. So like why would I want this experience? What's mm-hmm. going to happen to me there? And I think you're just creating like 
excitement. And like Christina said, there's a little bit of like there's limited seats and there's a little bit of a demand that people don't want to miss out. You can mm-hmm. you can like boost that excitement and that's genuine. You're not being mm-hmm. like fake, mm-hmm. um, but just like help them see why they should want to do this because it's different and limited. When I think, Jen, you did this really well for your poor parties and then mine is just from doing it one time, I learned for the second time. But I would suggest too, after you figure all that out, find a group of, you know, five or six friends and this will, you're going to be doing it for free. Um, But I would do like a sample workshop where, and you cover, like they're not going to pay you to take it, but that way you can get instant feedback um, as well as, you know, see, add to your workshop what needs to be added, take out what maybe was like frou-frou. It'll just help make it better before you even launch it. It, And also for your sake, you got pictures and videos to promote it. Yeah. So that was all fake. I didn't actually do the workshop with them. They just posed for pictures with me. Oh. But I like- Wow, you tricked me. That is a great idea though. And I kind of, so for me, how I went into- um, Although you had done our poor party before that. So you yeah. had feedback and knowledge of what to do. Yes. And I, yes. And I did, um, I was just telling Christina before we started recording, like there were so many things about my first party, poor party that went great, but then also so many things that didn't go great, but I knew how to tweak them and fix them. And that's what's so helpful about just doing, just do the workshop. I, I struggle with like, thinking everything has to be perfect that first time, but it really doesn't because again, I had a great group my first time to try Mm. this out with and they were very gracious and I don't think they knew the things that maybe didn't go so right. So they still had a great experience, but then I had um, concrete, you know, concrete things I knew how to fix, like uh, super practically I shared about the wick thing. So now I know like I'm just going to have the wicks in the jars and Mm -hmm. that saves like so much of the time and confusion because I was then going around and helping each person and I realized afterwards, okay, well, that wasn't really valuable. So maybe I just like have the wicks ready to go and I knew like where my oils were were really crowded and that just wasn't a great time for people to smell the oils all in one spot. So I knew how to like rearrange my room and I'm going to want to have the oils spread all around so there aren't like crowds or groups around each oil. So it's just helpful to just do the workshop once and then tweak it for the Mm -hmm. next time. And then same thing, you'll figure out the things that work and don't and what is going to be more helpful. But your attendees are still having a great experience and they're not going to know any different if like, oh, there there would be a better way to do this again, because you are the one it's your skill and craft that you're teaching. So mm-hmm. they're just having a great experience. So I wouldn't be afraid to just go ahead and do the workshop. And then mm-hmm. you can always readjust. For sure. And just like we do with our products, you want to price it to a point of um, your worth. Like you, I know when mm-hmm. we were picking pricing for Jenny's make and take she did here, 
um, Jen was just going to do the price of like what a candle would be. And we were like, no, 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 like they're getting so much from this. It's an experience. They're coming with girlfriends, you know, they're getting to make their own scent there. It's not just like, oh, I'm just picking this up. They get to create their own label. Like there's so much. And I know that that was a push for you, Jen, but then when it came down to it and you sold tickets, it was worth your time. Right. And I prep. Right, right. The time thing, I think people really understand that. But if that's like, if you feel really hesitant about that, something that helped me for my poor parties going on is I offer a jar that I don't offer normally. So like people already assume it's going to be a different price. So that's something you could do in your workshop too. Offer something very select or limited that they can't get from you otherwise. So like mine is uh, I do a ceramic tumbler that then is refillable. So then they know like, oh, this is an investment because I can buy the refill kits to -hmm. refill my candle. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can get kind of creative with things like that too in the workshop of like how it's going to create a repeat customer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like for my sewing workshop, so the kids ones – I mean, those are, I feel like it's own thing versus the adult sewing workshops because the adult sewing workshops, um, I feel like the kids one, the kids come back, like I have kids coming back from last year where it's just like something for them to do in the summer versus the adult workshops. It's really one and done. Like they want to come learn how to sew and then that's it. Um, but we make envelope clutches at those and I don't sell envelope clutches. And so people will always be like, Oh, where did you get that? Or like what all that stuff. And, um, they'll come into the shop wanting it. And I'm like, Oh, you have to do my sewing workshop to do that. Yeah. See, that's really smart. Um, I feel like sewing though, I was so hesitant at first because you have to have a machine. I don't have a store full of machines getting there. I have four, (laughs) but, um, (laughs) You like you have to have a machine, so that kind of limits my people. But so many people have machines; people gave them, or their their grandma left to them, or whatever. So yeah, or maybe have access to like borrow someone's, right? Yeah, yeah. So and I have like that's why I have several because people can borrow them from me. And one day I think I will stock like eight machines and just have them there as an investment. But um. Because I would love to teach anybody and everybody to sew. But I will say that that kind of, um, you know, it limits my demographic because it's not like Carrie's earring workshops. Anybody can come because Carrie has all the materials where right, mine, right. I have all the materials to make what we're going to make, but you, you need a machine to actually do it. So I'm, I'm considering doing things like one-on-one lessons where then they can use mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I feel like, I feel like a sewing machine too. A lot, I've had several do my adult class who want to come try the different machines, figure them out, and then be able to go to the store and decide what to buy. Which I and totally get it. that. It's a huge investment. I say huge. It is a huge investment, but you can get a good one for, you know, $199, $250. But you still want like to be able to say like, this is what I like about this machine. This is what I don't. And so um, someone asked me to make a graphic about that actually. I should probably do that. You know what it reminds um, me of, and it makes so much sense, is like how, like piano lessons. Like you, mm-hmm. people sign up to do piano lessons, so you mm-hmm. could even model. I'm assuming model pricing after that of like an hour because mm-hmm. they're coming. Let's say the sewing machine's like the instrument. You're learning your skill, and then they 
will invest in that instrument at home to practice. Yeah. So that sewing lesson, that makes so much sense. We should do more types of lessons like that. Yeah. Because people do that. Mm-hmm. Hourly one-on-one lessons. Yeah. Yeah. If it's I'm writing it down. I'm like, ooh, that sounds good. So then you can figure out pricing. So whether you're going to do a workshop like um, like I do, whether you're going to do like a, a party like Jenny does with a group of friends, whether you're going to do like one-on-one or maybe it's a um, uh, make and take like we do at the shop where someone comes in and makes something real quick and then leaves. So it's not the two hours of learning or an hour and a half of learning. It's more just come, make your thing. Melissa does a lot of make and take signs where they come. It's just like a, like a five by seven sign. They paint whatever they need to paint on it and frame it up and go. So it's not, she does a full sign workshop, but so, but there's yeah. different pricings for that. And so figure that out. And then you'll want to figure out where are you going to do, are you going to go to a boutique and ask to do a craft night at their boutique? Are you going to host it in your house? Are you going to do it online and, and do it via like Vimeo? Um, you'll have to figure out what is best for your niche, which again, my sewing one, I tried online. Um, but I think it was right at the end of like, I say end of COVID, but it was end of like when the kids were on Zoom for school all of the time. And so I was pushing these online kids lessons. And the last thing parents wanted them to do was sit on the computer and learn. Um, and so that is when I started doing the in-person um, sewing workshops, which was way better for sewing. Um, but my social media workshops, while I get some people in Wildflower for those, they do much better on the like pre-recorded on-demand workshops. Yeah. And I think that's just such a good example of how just try something and try it another way and try it another way. And then you just like keep adjusting um, to fit what people are asking for pretty much by what they participate in and purchase. How would you, okay, going back to, because you host a lot of workshops as a boutique. So what should people expect? What does that usually look like? They're paying the boutique. Does it look like the boutique's taking parts of their sales? Like what Mm -hmm. should they look into for that? Yeah. So I took a lot of research on Melissa and my part. We're in a group of boutiques that offer creative workshops. Um. So Melissa and I are in a group that are boutiques that host creative workshops. So like board and brush types, um, because this is like something we, it's been hard to kind of figure out because like if another person, let's, let's say another boutique in town hosts a creative to do what we do, like a make and take or a workshop, they're technically getting business from this workshop. So they you know, you could go one or two ways. You could say, I'm not going to charge the the workshop runner because I'm going to sell items in my store because they're bringing people into my shop that wouldn't normally be there. So you can say that. Or you, if it's not bringing you business, you do need to calculate for your time being there. And so we kind of went back and forth. It's changed since we opened three years ago um, where we do our workshops outside of our normal hours. They're all in the evening. Um, 
you know, we're up there. We don't necessarily participate. It's basically giving them a space to host a workshop that's not their house. Mm -hmm. So we treat it as a rental. And so we do have a, they, they can either pay a flat fee or it's a percentage off the tickets that they sell. Sell now. Go for that. We do basically all the marketing. Uh, we sell the tickets through Square, or our Square, so they don't even have to manage that. So that's Square fees. So it's kind of like consignment in that way of like it's just covering our time, the Square fees, and then marketing. Um, yeah. So we'll that's something. The Facebook event and all that, and like so it's it's us. They're using our space, but they're getting our people, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's something an artisan should just – I mean, you're going to want to ask for the terms ahead of time and know that somehow you want the we, – So they're, we're, they're using our space, which is getting people – it's making people aware of our, what we do too, but they're also using our people instead of their own people. So. Um, it's been kind of complicated to figure out, but I would say expect some sort of vendor fee only because you're using their space, but it will range like how many. And we skip all of that information, obviously, up front. And so you can adjust that. That would go into the pricing when you're deciding the price of your workshop of like, OK, if I'm going to have to pay a $50 vendor fee or whatever, and I have 10 people, then I need to add at least $5 to every ticket. To cover that price. Now, I will say some people um, want to back out if they didn't have a huge response, like if it's only three or four people. But for me personally, with my sewing classes, if that happens, I just bite the cost and think like, okay, but this is marketing. And when somebody else needs a sewing class, they're going to refer me. Um, and also, um, if I didn't own Wildflower, if I was a vendor, like the fact that I'm getting more people, it's just, it's marketing in and of itself of like, oh, okay, there's this girl locally, she does earring workshops. Now I know um, because it was put out there. So I think that it kind of goes back to what we were talking about this whole podcast of like, try it. And if it doesn't work, it's okay, but follow through on your commitment of a workshop. Yeah, and I two things that I learned from doing um, the workshop is, like I said, like figure out ways where you can build this as a repeat customer. Um, so that's like how I do the refillable candles. So then they they want to come refill it, or and I even offer that like if they write down the scent they created, I can create that scent again for them in their refill kit. So I make sure that, and then I. Uh, learned to do the week of the poor party I'm sending an email just recapping of like okay I'm so excited to see you here's what you can expect just because people there's so much going on and so they might not remember all the details you put in your listing where they bought your ticket so I like to just make sure like hey here's a reminder of what's going to happen and I also because we're hosting it in our brick and mortar shop I just tell a little bit about the shop so then I'm also creating hopefully customers for the Wilson Street Mercantile shops because they're coming in there and we offer private shopping during that time and I'm I'm trying to just like cast vision and create this 
like excitement about like, here's the backstory of our shop and you get to be in it tonight alone. And so I tell that in my email going in. And then I also, the day after the party, send an email and just like, you know, recap things a little bit again. Hey, it was so great to meet you and spend time with you. Just a reminder, here's how you can refill your candle, blah, 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 that kind of thing. Just because you're leaving people with then like a good taste in their mouth, I guess. (laughs) or lack of a better phrase of like, oh, that was a really great experience with this person. She cared about me and like wanted me to have a good candle making experience. Yeah. And I think it too just will make somebody be like, that was so fun. I want to do that for my birthday or whatever. Um, And I think it helps you know if people start coming in for those refills, like, oh, they actually really want those. I need to, you know, push those or create more like where mm-hmm. I can do two tubs for them or whatever it is. But I I don't know about you, Jenny, but I have found workshops. Workshops are my favorite part of my business. I thought that I enjoyed just making orders, but it's really the workshops, both kit. I used to think the kids ones were my favorites, but after teaching several adult classes now, it's actually really, really fun teaching someone my age who has never done it before because that's I learned when I was 29 maybe 30 that's when I learned no it's longer than that however old I was when I was pregnant with Ollie but I was in my 20s and so it's not like I've been sewing since I was young because I learned from a grandparent like I learned as an adult so I also love teaching adults where they're at and then them like they're that first after learning all the ins and outs of their machines and they take their first like glide across the fabric, like their faces are so excited when it stitches and you can turn it inside out and not see the stitch. Like it's (laughs) it's like, I am sure it's like when a kid learns to read, like you just have this like, Oh my gosh, you did that. Um, So that's been my favorite, favorite part of the workshop. And then even with, with my social media workshop, like I don't necessarily see as much like direct, oh, they're getting it. Um, But like if I've been working one-on-one with somebody and then see them actually posting on social media and like repetition wise, I'm like, that's so cool. Like you're doing it. So even online workshops have been kind of personable. I love that. Yeah. Are you still like, because you're in the beginning stages of poor parties, are you still like revamping and adjusting them as you go? Yeah, my second one is this week. So I'm excited to like implement all those changes that I um, figured out after the first one. There are some questions you ask yourself afterwards, like what, like what caused? Um, yeah, I kind of just look at like, okay, where did I feel like people weren't getting it or it was a little clunky and I could streamline it a little bit better because So for me, I make a four-pound batch of candles at a time, but each person's only making an individual one. So it wasn't until I saw what it was like to make one individual one that I knew how to, like, break that up um, into a course. Because I'm not teaching them to make a four-batch pound of of candles. So, yeah, I just – I looked at, like, places that got clunky or that I could make clearer or easier for them and then I fixed those things so we'll see how that goes this time yeah the other the other thing I want to mention too is 
the I do do the sewing workshop, but the other thing I've implemented is a make and take where people come choose their shirt, choose their fabric, and I actually make it on the spot for them. So that as a creative, like that's another option of um, uh, like Jen, that's what you did at our shop where people could come in real quick, make it and leave. And um, so if you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready to teach a workshop. Like I don't feel like I can like teach what I do. Hook up with a boutique and see if like on a Saturday you can set up shop and be able to make stuff live. It'll get people in their shop. Um, and also get you new customers and um, be able to do that. So again, there might be a, a vendor fee related to that because you're taking space in their shop. But um, for me, it's some of my best events are the make and takes. Anything else to add or just all of that? We just want to encourage you guys that it might, you might do a workshop and it flop. It might. It's happened to Jenny and I on several occasions, and then we just have to adjust or even just decide, like, is that something, like, if it flopped and workshops are not your jam, like, you don't have to keep doing them. Um, but if no. that's something that you're, like, excited about, then I would just keep going and adjust and revamp and and realign and figure out maybe I have to market over here better. So I think that it's a great option to, like Jenny said in the beginning, to um, supplement some income. Um, it will take more time because you are creating a workshop and then actually giving the workshop, but it's a great option if you want to teach your craft to other people. So if you have any questions about that, make sure to reach out to us online. Start checking out maybe boutiques in your area, shops, libraries, bookstores, whatever's in your area that um, kind of goes with. You want to make sure it meshes with you um, because you want to make sure your target markets, I guess, are aligned because you're going to be utilizing their people. So if they don't align, it might not work out really well. But um, figure out who in town might be able to host you or maybe you can look at the community center and rent it out, whatever it looks like. Look it up. If you have questions, just message us on Instagram. Um, as always, we never want you to do small business alone and we can be creative together on this. Join in the conversation by following us on Instagram at at underscore small business sisters. Make sure to introduce yourself because we love to follow and support other small businesses. And if you love the podcast, we would absolutely be so grateful if you subscribe and leave us a review. Every positive review helps other small business owners to find us. Remember, don't do life alone. We're better together.